Engaging Leader Podcast, episode 22, Messages They Need to Hear From You. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, leaders. I'm your host, Jesse Leahy. And I'm your co-host, Marty Leahy. That's right. My dad, Marty, has more than 25 years of experience in Fortune 500 leadership roles and as CFO of smaller organizations. And 10 years ago, he started up a restaurant and catering business that he still leads today. So dad brings a financial and operations perspective, which is a good balance to my background in leadership communication. That's right, Jess. Uh, Today, our topic is messages they need to hear from you. The concept is that messages drive thoughts which drive actions, which drive outcomes. So messages, thoughts, actions, outcomes. And I want to say part of this is nothing unique to the engaging leader. For example, the Burnham Rosen Group has what they call the thought-action-outcome sequence. And their big point there is that to get the outcome that you want a lot of leaders immediately start thinking about uh, trying to train people to take certain actions. And their research has found that it, it, you got to go before that and, and, and first of all, figure out how to get people thinking the right way because thoughts are what drive outcomes, which drive actions. And at the Engaging Leader, one of the things that we teach is that even before thoughts, some, there's something happens and that's the messages that are sent and you know, may or may not be believed. And one of our roles as leaders is to make sure that the right messages are being sent. And in, in this podcast episode, to kind of show how that works, we're going to be focusing the discussion on messages that parents send to children. And we've identified at least 10 really important messages that children really need to hear from their parents. Now, Dad, a lot of our listeners may be tempted to check out if many of our listeners primarily tune into us to hear about business-related communication and leadership principles. There's two reasons why we thought it was important to tackle this topic coming from messages that parents send to kids. One is that, of course, for any of us leaders who are parents, if if we're better leaders at home, then we're, we're, that's actually going to help us become better leaders uh, professionally as well, and, and vice versa. And then number two is a lot of these same messages that are so important for kids to hear from their parents are actually important for employees to hear from leaders, especially if you stop and think about it, for uh, people that never heard these kinds of messages from their parents. And some of these are really important. Yeah, Jess, I, I, I think that's powerful. And the way I've come to think of it is to kind of simplified. It's basically thoughts become things. And thoughts are really very important. And uh, But the point you're making is one that I hate quite, really hadn't quite uh, come to my mind. That is, before thoughts, you know, there has, there's input. There's some kind of an input that makes makes our thoughts what they are. And, uh, you know, external factors and, and so whether it be at home or in the workplace, the messages that, that, that we're sending are obviously going to affect the thoughts. 
Right. And there is another mistake that a lot of leaders make, and and that is when it comes to the idea of messages, uh, if a leader decides that a, a communication needs to happen, they're, it's, they're so quick to say, well, what do, we, what do we need to say? What do we want to tell people? And of course, the, the right, that's, that's, that's a good thing to think about, but it's not the right starting point. So when you think about the sequence that goes messages to thoughts, to actions, to outcomes, you first want to start with what outcomes that you're going after. What do you want to have happen? And then work your way back to what messages are going to drive the thoughts that drive the actions that drive the outcomes. So as an example here, what you know, what outcome do we want with our children if we have young children still at home? And let me just suggest a, a one a possible outcome that might be a worthy for uh, goal for parents to have is that they that they want children who they enjoy and who grow up to become happy independent adults that enjoy us when 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 they're adults. So that we enjoy them now while they're young and at home, and when they when they grow up, they're happy and independent, and and yet they still enjoy hanging out with us and getting together with us. So, what do you want to say that is going to produce the the thoughts that drive the actions that produce that kind of outcome? So, let's look at at some of the messages. I don't think we'll have time to get into all the ones that we've identified um, in 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 our time today, but we'll put the rest of them on our website for folks to check out. Okay. Well, uh, you know, one of my favorite ones. I'm going to go right to it. It, it. It's here's the message: You are a genius. Yeah, thanks, Dad. I'm. I'm. Nice for you to finally acknowledge that. I don't recall if I ever said that to you when you were <laughs> growing up. No, you didn't. I wonder how I figured it out. <laughs> you know, the first time I th- this truth or this inspiration hit me, I was a senior in high school and was taking a psychology class, and my teacher was Don Kober, and I learned so much from him. But one of the things I clearly remember him uh, very excitedly telling us the story of a research study that was done where they took grade school kids and the researchers divided them in half and one half of those kids, regardless of what their actual intelligence was, they told those kids, you kids have above average intelligence. You're smarter than most kids. Now, the other group, uh, they told those kids, you are you guys are average. They didn't tell them you guys stink or you're dummies. They just told them you're average. Now, you wouldn't think that would be so bad. Then they went and and observed those kids and how they did on tests and in other aspects of their schooling. And they discovered that the kids who had been told that they were above average acted, they produced above average outcomes. They really started behaving like smarter than average kids. Now, the, quote, average kids, unquote, they did not act average. They actually started acting below average. They started producing, you know, low intelligence test scores and so forth. And the the contrast was so marked that the researchers actually stopped their study sooner than expected expected because they it bothered them that they were having this kind of effect on these quote average kids. And so here I was a senior in high school and realized the power of what people believe about themselves. And I made the decision right then and there. If I ever have kids, I'm going to tell my kids that they are geniuses. Now, some people might say, well, you know, that's not very realistic. We can't all be geniuses. But for anybody who's familiar with the theory of multiple intelligences, there are, when we say genius, most of the time, 
we're so quick to associate that with an IQ test. And it's, you know, it's just fairly specific to academic intelligence. But dad, that's not the only types of, of actual intelligence, is it? No. And, and, you know, we have, we, you know, you, there's a literature on all this, of course, you know, emotional intelligence. And I think of things like creative intelligence. Um, you know, there are so many ways in which uh, the human being um, excels. And, and many times it's it's the things that the human enjoys the most or is most passionate about or, or has fun with that in turn um, reveals some of their genius. I mean, uh, you know, you got the one kid that's in school getting all the A's and uh, uh, just shining as an intellectual type. And there's this other kid, maybe his brother, who uh, is doodling. And, and you, you start to study what he's doodling and find out he's got a creative ability. He's more artistic. And and so, uh, you know, the, in, in, at home or in the workplace, that is the challenge is to is to not only see some of those things, but then in turn send out the message that, wow, I just, you're very good at music. I think, you know, I really enjoy when I hear you and I like to hear you play the piano, you know, and that, that message starts to affect the way a a child thinks. Now, I don't think you should just make things up. I think you, you, you have to really study people and appreciate their uniqueness and, and, and it may be several things. Someone may be good at more than one thing, or maybe something yet to blossom. But if I think it's the attitude, the message you're sending is, "You are special. You're you're a genius of some type." Yeah, and and to be real clear, based on the study, and and, and of course I have never gone even gone back and looked up the actual study since high school. But if you if you were to tell kids before their school age that they're geniuses, from an academic perspective. They're, they will probably end up being better students than if you hadn't told them that. So it's it's very clear to to send that message. You are a genius. But I, I think even with older kids or with employees, and that maybe they may or may not have actual academic uh, excellence. Let's say uh, traditional IQ. But if you can remember that there are different forms of genius and believe that in your people and and tell them that you're going to get you're going to really see some amazing things happen with them you know another one of these uh messages that uh i think is is related kind of follows from the one we just discussed about uh, you are a genius and that is you have special gifts that the world needs so it's, it's a second part to that whole thing not only does your piano playing a you know not only is it impressive, and not only are you showing some skill, but people enjoy listening to you. It's a special gift uh, that people crave. So it's something very nice to hear someone sit down and and perform on an instrument, or to sing, perform with their voice, or let's face it, running down a football field faster than anybody else. I mean, it's it's more than just saying that you can do it and you can make a lot of money doing it. It's also something that, that people demand. I think that's really powerful number one it helps uh children and and anybody else realize that there's a real value for their gift so it's not just oh you're so special but if you can identify help them identify what their gifts are and recognize the value that other people put on that you you're setting them up for success in 
in life. You know, they might be able to make a career out of that. Or even if it's not, um, there's no monetary value necessarily, just the, the, the opportunity to use those gifts to make a difference in the lives of other people, to make an impact. But your, your example of, the, of piano playing, I think, is interesting. Just this morning, uh, I stopped to talk to my daughter, Cecily, who is 14, and just last night had played the piano for the family and uh, played uh, two songs. And she, of course, is is gifted enough of that that I, every time I hear her play, I just have to pinch myself. I cannot believe that I have a, a daughter that is that accomplished on the piano. And I I told her, you know, number one, thank you for for playing for us again. But also, I, I wanted her to to know what what a gift that is and how important that is to other people. It's it's not just that. Oh, it's so nice to hear, but. To hear live music done so well is an extraordinary experience for most of us. We we get to hear you know music coming out of our iPods or CD players, but to most of us that's just kind of a manufactured experience that comes from a factory. But to have someone right in front of us who has these gifts and then puts all that time and hard work into developing those gifts, it's just so inspiring and of course you know relaxing and it, it just creates a, a, a peace so what you have is something important and it's something that the world needs i think that's a a very important message you know applying that in the workplace i mean if if uh you know somebody is creative you know i think in my business a um a chef or cook of some nature and they have an ability to uh visually present something you know and, and to let them know that you know that what you've done there is very it's, it's not only beautiful it's unique it's adding to the overall value of the of the plate of the customer's experience i, I just i love it when you do that and you know i just uh what what your special gift relates to a business uh success i mean it's 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 an outcome that of course we're looking for all the time but the fact that you know your special gift uh makes that all happen is it's pretty special a lot of dynamics there Dad, before we continue on, I just want to take a quick minute and let our listeners know that my new ebook is now available, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders, Be a Better Leader in Every Area of Life. And our listeners can get this book for free by going to our website. Just look on the right-hand side of the page from our homepage. You'll see a little picture that shows this new book, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders, Be a Better Leader in Every Area of Life. Go check it out, and I think you'll get a lot of value out of that and would love to hear your thoughts about it, too. Okay, well, this next message is a bombshell. I, I remember the first time you suggested this one to me, Jesse, I... I almost choked. I thought, wait, are you kidding? seriously? But anyways, the more we, the more I thought about it, the more I got excited about it. And that is, you are a leader. Yeah, when I said that to you, what was your first question to me? Uh, you're going to say that to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's really true? What is a leader? And I would say there's two aspects of that. One is a leader is anybody who influences others. And number two, a leader is somebody who is... I guess proactive or intentional that you you lead you you take action rather than waiting things for happening to you. 
And when you think about kids, is, is there any, are you ever too young to be taught of the value of that and of your ability to be that, to influence others and to be proactive in your life? I think it starts at the youngest of ages. And to think about the flip side, of the, the more negative side of it, if you send a message to a, a child in, in some way or another, a message that says, I'll tell you what to do and when to do it. And you and you reinforce that. that. When you think about how much that takes away from the human spirit, and if constantly reinforced over time, you end up with somebody who they, they really cannot act autonomously. They, they can't step out in any way. They can't be, you know, you know initiate something. They're pretty much going to look over their shoulder and say, who, what do I do now? Now, when... With my four kids, of course, all these messages that we're talking about, am I perfect? Are my wife Erin and I perfect in sending these messages to our kids, all four of them, consistently all these messages? No, I, I not as well as, we, as I wish. And I just recently occurred to me that my, uh, my, number thir- my third child, Danny, who's he's a middle, middle child, he probably hasn't heard this message enough or ever. I'm not I can't I'm not really sure I've done a good job of telling them that he is a leader. And so just this morning he came walking up and I asked him, "Danny, do, did you ever stop and think about the fact that you're a leader?" "No. Do you, do you think you are a leader?" "No." <laughs> <laughs> Which is typical, you know, middle child, I I guess. And uh so I said, well, you, you are a leader. You, it's amazing you have an influence on, on other people and, and they notice. I said, for example, just yesterday, I asked you to go out and shovel your grandmother's driveway. Now, and Danny is 12. And he, I said, you, you went right out and did it. I didn't have to follow up with you and nag you or anything like that. You went out and you, sh- and you shoveled. I, I asked you to shovel half of it and your older brother, JJ, would shovel the other half. And you went right out and did that. And then, so when you when you came in and I said to JJ, okay, it's Danny did his part. Now you go out and shovel the rest of it. He went, he followed your example and got right up and went out there. I didn't have to nag him or cajole him or anything. And a lot of 17-year-old boys would not be so quick to just go get it done. You influenced him by your actions. And then I explained briefly that he, he had the opportunity to be a leader through how he acted as well as how he what he said and also how he carried himself. And, you know, it, it, I wish I had been sending that message to him sooner, but I'm sure it's it's never too late to start. You know, the, the, you hear the phrase uh, natural leader and almost as if people are born leaders. And you kind of wonder if, if while there might be some of that involved, that it's just the, the way in which somebody's been message their entire life allows them you know to to grow up in a way that they're they're used to stepping out and being ahead you know where's the leader usually leaders at the front you know leading you know in the battle leading here stepping out front taking risks and uh initiating actions you know and so maybe maybe there is no such thing really as a natural leader but really it's just the human nature when when it's encouraged Good leadership is is primarily a learned something you learn to do, and uh, so I, I think helping 
kids see themselves as leaders, as potential leaders, and not that you have to constantly be in a, quote, leadership role, but to, to know that you have that power and ability to do that, I think is is very powerful. And of course, it's something that we need to be, it's, this is an obvious message we need to send, not just to our kids, but to, to our our employees and anybody else that's on our team. story I like to tell is uh, uh, a year or so ago, I set up a, a satellite kitchen to run some of a big part of our catering business out of. And I ended up hiring this lady. And, uh, you know, I, I believed that I did a pretty good job in terms of planning the food buying and a lot of the process planning and everything in, in the kitchen. So she came along, had quite a bit of experience, and we started just like, you know, knocking heads with each other. And, you know, she would go off and, and order some things and she would make things happen that we hadn't really talked about. And I, I started to feel like she was disrespecting me. And I honestly, and I'm ashamed to say this, I came very close to firing her. <clears throat> I thought I had made a big <laughs> mistake. I, all of a sudden, one day, a light went off. and Because I, and I, I looked at the outcome of what she was doing, and it was very good. I was Everything was running smoothly. I was getting no phone calls, no messes to clean up. I mean, it was just everything was running smoothly. And I finally realized that she was a good, strong leader. And from that point forward, I I just got behind her and let her run that kitchen and um, even learn some things from her. It certainly starts with spotting the leadership potential in people and encouraging that. And I, I've heard uh, the one, a, one of the definitions of a great leader is not that they have lots of followers, but that they're cultivating lots of leaders in, in within the organization. So this sending this message, you are a leader, is is very important. You know, we uh, we challenge people at times. We say, you know, show some leadership, show some leadership. And, and sometimes that means setting a good example. You know, the, the phrase, you lead by example. And, and so in our lives, rather than think of a leader as necessarily being, you know, telling other people what to do or, or leading the charge, it might be someone who just exhibiting a certain behavior that, 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 is a is a strong example. Maybe it's during a tough time when when somebody needs to step up and and, and model some behavior that uh, that everyone should be thinking about. And, and so a person, you know, this is a form of leadership by just stepping out and, and modeling that behavior. Yeah. So the first three messages that our children and our team at work need to hear from us are: you are a genius, you are a leader. And you have special gifts that the world needs. And we need to watch for behaviors that demonstrate their genius, their leadership, and their special gifts so that we can provide recognition that reinforces these key messages. The fourth and final message we'll discuss in this episode is, I believe in you and I'm proud of you. As you know, Dad, I've been involved with a local nonprofit where I've been teaching and mentoring guys who would like to be better dads. And one of the guys who I have been mentoring recently, and I'll call him Edward, has been concerned about communicating with his older three kids from a prior marriage. He doesn't get to see them much, but he does communicate with them. And he's there's been some rough times, and he was trying to figure out how he could nurture the relationship. And I asked him, what do you wish your dad had said to you? His dad and he had had a a pretty rough 
relationship and and his dad died a few years ago and they never really had reconciled. And he said, after thinking for a few seconds, you know, if my dad had just told me that he believed in me, I think that would have made all the difference in the world. And I said, well, do you think that's what your kids need to hear from you? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I can see what where they are hungry for that, and I really haven't been giving that to them. So this idea that your parent believes in you and sees potential there. And, and, and Edward, had one of his oldest son is in prison. I mean, you, you, there's some real issues there. So it's, you don't say, I believe in you lightly. We had to kind of work through what, what have you seen in your son that you can believe in, that you can be proud of. And we were able to find some stuff there, and he got excited about the potential there. But you want to know that your parents have some kind of pride in you. That's just so fundamental to who we are as people. You know, uh, it's true. But in the workplace, think how powerful that is. I mean, if I'm if I'm working and it seems that I'm just a cog here, and you know, much more important is the the facilities and the uh, uh, the brand or whatever it is that's uh, our important resources in our business. If I, as an individual, feel like I'm I'm not I'm not valued very highly, and it could they could just easily get rid of me and get somebody else, you know. You think about that as a as a demotivator, you know, as a as something draining that motivation out of people, versus you know treating the the human, you know, the, that phrase human capital, which I don't like, but it's got a lot of a lot of truth to it. I mean, the, the humans, the the people in our business are really our strongest resource, um, very dynamic and. How important is it to get that message out to people? You know, that I am so proud of the work that you do, and I value you very highly. As leaders, we're so naturally forward-focused. We we tend to be looking at what's the next thing we're going after, what's the next thing that we can get done, that we actually have to sort of remind ourselves, stop once in a while and celebrate the results that we've put together. And if if you can identify what the long-term results are that are so important and celebrate those and create pride in those, it's such a powerful force on your team. And a lot of times it's, you know, you have a restaurant business and your people might not get excited to know that, hey, we served X dinner tonight or we, hey, we, we sold X thousands of dollars of, of, uh, of food in the, at dinner tonight. But to get them excited and feel pride about the experiences that they were creating for customers and the energy that you guys had in the in the dining room and the you know the fact that people really came to our restaurant and got re-energized uh, during the time here, and to recognize e- e- people's individual contributions to those very real and important outcomes. There, this isn't like wishy-washy soft stuff that we're making up. I'm not saying go be rah-rah for things that aren't real. But when you, if but hopefully you are doing some important things on your team, and people really are making an individual contribution that supports that. If not, you got to obviously change some stuff. So, assuming that's happening, then you need to express that pride that you have in the, those results and in the people that that created it. It's very much like what it is to be a kid and have your your parents tell you they're proud of you. Wow, those are some really powerful things, and and all together. Uh You've identified 11 different messages. Um, how, how can our listeners uh, learn more about those? 
You can go to the show notes for this episode, which are at engagingleader.com slash 22, and you'll see a link to the blog post, 11 Messages Your Kids Need to Hear. In addition, you'll see a link to our video, How Key Messages Create Results. Because remember what we said at the beginning of this podcast, messages drive thoughts, which drive actions, which drive results. One of the tools we have as leaders is crafting and delivering the right messages that ultimately produce the right results. And these powerful messages we've talked about today have the potential to create amazing results in the lives of your children, your employees, and other people you lead. All right, leaders, that wraps up this episode of the Engaging Leader Podcast. You can leave comments on our show notes for this episode at engagingleader.com forward slash 22, or connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy, and we would love to know your thoughts. Don't forget to get your copy of our ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders, Be a Better Leader in Every Area of Life. It's free. Just go to engagingleader.com and you'll see a picture of the book in our sidebar. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with mid-sized and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Arthur Hankey, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Christopher Seal, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, whether you realize it or not, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of our opportunities to engage the people we care about.